Hello and welcome to the Daily Dialogue podcast, number 31 in case you're counting. And this week it's being recorded from Vita Foods, which is taking place in Geneva. Actually, more accurately, it's being recorded in France because Geneva is kind of surrounded by France. And the brutal reality is that it's considerably cheaper to stay in France and then just get public transport to the event. Not that I don't like Geneva, it's a beautiful city with lots to see and of course the mountains and Lake Geneva or Lac Le Mans, depending on your perspective, are always a pleasure to see on an annual basis. I'm Jim Cornall, editor of Dairy Reporter and I'm at the event doing interviews, lots of interviews, with just a few of the companies showcasing new products or new concepts at Vita Foods, which seems to have grown again this year. Next week, we'll feature a few of those interviews on the show. I'm hoping that unlike Gulf Food, they all survive the journey home in a couple of days' time. I won't spoil it by revealing who will be featured, mostly because I don't know yet. One of the prominent trends at Vita Foods this year, as well as plant-based, seems to be cognitive health. So I had loads of samples designed to help my brain, and I did ask if they had them all in 14-inch pizza size, but apparently they don't. Whether or not all of these healthy things that I sampled will help, I don't know, but I did try a lot, some of which didn't taste that great, and some of which were very good. It's been an interesting trip, and I think I'll share some of the stories with you next week, not that they have a lot to do with dairy. I do often wonder whether I should even talk about these things, but it seems from talking to people at Vita Foods who listen to the Dairy Dialogue, both of them, that they like the stories, and that's good enough for me to keep them in. Actually, there were quite a few people who told me that they listened to the show, and that was very pleasing, although it could be that they were just being kind to me. So apologies if the sound quality from a French hotel isn't that great. Normal service, whatever normal is, will be resumed next week. Tomorrow I'm off on my big adventure to Gruyere to talk about cheese, if I ever get there. I had this idyllic image of what I could do with the video going on in my head, how I was going to plan all this out, cows roaming around the mountain meadows and the cowbells, and apparently it's going to be rotten weather up in the mountains tomorrow all day, so who knows what I'll get. Maybe just a cold. And so on to today's show. Finally, I hear you say. This week there are two interviews, one with Arla Foods Head of Europe, Peter Jortz Carlson, on the Dairy Cooperative's recent packaging announcement, and another with Naluma International CEO Divya Chopra on light damage of milk. And of course, we also have our regular weekly look at the dairy markets with Liam Fenton from INTL FC Stone. First this week, Arla made a big announcement on sustainability. It's making 600 million fresh milk cartons renewable and 560 million yogurt pots recyclable, which will be cutting 7,330 tonnes of carbon. Some pretty impressive numbers there, and we spoke with Arla Foods Head of Europe, Peter Gjortz Carlsen, about what the company is doing and why and how. So this is a very big announcement. Yeah, so so it is a it is a big announcement for us, and of course it's it's an announcement where we are going out saying that we are you know uh, changing over one billion pieces of packaging into a more sustainable packaging, and it's of course within uh, all our yogurt pots will now come into a more sustainable uh, packaging, and then we're also changing to uh, a new carton on uh, on uh, most of our um, fresh milk uh, volumes. 
74% of our freshman, branded freshman volumes will move into a new carton where it, it's not, it's fossil free, it's uh, bio-based uh, plastics. So th- this is a, this is a, a big step forward from us. Uh, and I think maybe more importantly, uh, we are of course doing this because uh, we have come out with a, a new green ambition. We also want to show al- along this uh, this journey that we are taking some uh, big steps uh, on, on that journey. And now we're doing it with packaging and that's what we're announcing now. And will there be a cost involved in making this transition? No, we, 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 will, we will basically time it, uh, of course, so that we, um, we are changing to the new packaging uh, as we you know, run out of the old package. But this is fresh product, so this goes pretty quick. Uh, what we are announcing here will be fully implemented uh, during 2019. Then uh, we have changed all these packaging, and so over 1 billion uh, pieces of packaging that we are now changing into a more sustainable packaging. Uh, that, would be ha- that will happen here. Arla is committed uh, to go in, in this direction because we've actually done it for a while. So since 2005 and until 2017, we cut uh, the carbon uh, emissions on our on our packaging by 25%. And now we're taking another step. So now we're saying we need to take um, 30% more out uh, before uh, 2030. And that basically means the initiative that we're announcing here, we need to do an initiative like that every year. But the first step, uh, we are taking now that that's the one we are announcing here over 1 billion packs and we are in, investing into this uh, we also uh, do this because we, we uh, Arla wants to be part of the solution not part of the problem and uh, therefore we are committed uh, to this journey and, and, and of course investing in this we also see that the consumers are demanding this from us I think uh, many of my European markets I would, always, I would actually say all of them uh, if you ask and we have consumer research in most of our markets confirming that if you ask consumers what is sort of concerning them most uh, within food production, then it's certainly use of, of plastics and be becoming more sustainable is, is definitely top of the list uh, now in, in all markets. So I think consumers have thrown the, thrown the ball a little bit back into our camera suppliers and say, you now need to come with solutions uh, so we can uh, continue to um, uh, live sustainable. And and that, that's what Arla wants to be. We want to be in the forefront of, of, of this development, and that's why we are changing uh, the packaging. And in terms of reducing CO2 footprints, obviously there are other parameters as well, such as uh, like reducing CO2 on farms. Is that also part of the overall plan? Yes, yes. So we have announced a, uh, a an overall green ambition for Arla Foods, where we are saying uh, we want to be carbon net zero by 2050. So that goes for the full value chain. We will reduce our carbon footprint by 30% by 2030. So that goes for the for the full value chain. So of course we are also uh, working on initiatives on farm, and we will also be announcing the, that. Uh, as, uh, as as we move forward, this time and this particular uh, announcement we're making now, that's that's on the packaging, and it's because it's it's substantial. I don't think there are many companies that are going out and changing over a, a billion uh, packs in, in in one go. That's what we're doing now. So this is packaging, but there will be other elements. It's of course, a full full value chain. But now uh, packaging is also as also for cross carbon uh, that we want to reduce even further. And with the packaging as well, you, you're making this big change. Will there be any changes necessary to the equipment that you produce these packages on? Uh, not, in the, not in this uh, particular ins- instance. Uh, we can uh, use uh, uh, our existing equipment uh, more or less. As today, we are simply just uh, sourcing 
you know, uh, fossil-free uh, packaging on the cartons now. So we're going over to, to uh, biodegradable uh, plastics in, in the cartons. We are using a, uh, we are reducing uh, the use of plastic and making them 100% recyclable on 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 on, the, on all our yogurt pots across Europe. Uh, so we can use the same machinery. But that might not uh, be the case as we move along. I think what we would also like to be known for, Jim, is there's many uh, big ambitions out there, and we also have big ambitions on supporting the climate change. I think what we will also be measured on by consumers is our ability to act. Uh, and uh, that's why uh, this is this is one big step, but it's, of course, not, uh, not the only one. There will be many more to come. Uh, otherwise, we'll not reach our goal. Um, so um, next time uh, we might, uh, of course, need to uh, do investments in in, in our in our factories and in other places in order to to do this. We also need to bring the consumers on board. But what they are telling us is that um, many consumers are willing to this, and they are demanding this from us. So uh, we have research also in some markets saying that actually consumers are willing to pay a little bit more for more sustainable products. We have uh, lately also changed uh, some of our plastic cups on one of our product lines in Finland, something called Luanzo Plus from a plastic cup into a paper-based cup, uh, and we lifted sales. The product is the same, so it's of course that the consumers, they are saying this is the direction we want you as a company to go in. And this is just then a, a big announcement, and, uh, and we're doing it because it's the right thing to do for the climate, but we're also doing it because we can see this is also what the consumers are demanding. Will the changes be the same in all of the different markets or are there different regional changes being made? No, so I think the announcement here on the uh, over 1 billion pieces of packaging is basically milk cartons, fresh milk cartons, and all the places where we are having fresh milk cartons, uh, we will do that. It will be, uh, we will have 74% of our branded fresh milk on on, on this new packaging type and we will also do do the rest uh, as soon as we can. All our yogurt pots will now go into uh, a new uh, recyclable cup, but then there will be all our yogurt across whole Europe. And on the fresh milk cartons, we are more or less there, and we will get there very soon. All right. Just looking at the press release and some of the, the figures in there, there's some quite significant numbers. You look at the 7,500 tonnes of plastic from milk bottles in the UK, and, and uh, that, that's quite significant. It's, it's definitely significant. So I think uh, I think this is probably the, the depression release we do now. That's probably the biggest uh, combined initiative we have done, at least in my time in Arla, on changing to a more sustainable packaging. I've mentioned a couple of times, you know, the, the one billion pieces of packaging. We have not stood still. So uh, in 2005, we set ourselves an ambition by 2020. We wanted to reduce uh, CO2 from packaging by 25%. We reached that goal in 2017. And some of the initiatives behind that, Jim, is what you just see here. That's the 7,500 tons of plastic out of the milk bottles in the UK. So we have been on a journey. And uh, what we're just saying, we are, uh, um, we are continuing that journey. We're actually accelerating that journey. So we're, because the target towards 2030 is even more ambitious, that we need to take 30% out, uh, you know, basically within the next, let's say, uh, 11 years. Uh, next decade uh, and this is the first big announcement we are doing here and uh, we basically need to take around 8,000 tons of uh, carbon equivalent out per year so yes uh, it's, it's correct uh, what you can see here in the uh, in the press release we have worked on this for years 
and I suppose that as technology changes and as other savings are introduced, you'll be able to incorporate some of those if they improve on the existing changes that you're about to make? Yes, uh, I think uh, the way we work with particularly pla packaging is we have sort of uh, two to three uh, planning cycles uh, because uh, technologies, as you were saying, continue to uh, develop and evolve, uh, get scale. So, you know, it's also uh, cost efficient. Uh, and uh, I'm, sh I'm sure there will be uh, more technologies coming in where we can even further improve our use of plastics or completely get rid of plastic in, in, in certain areas. Definitely, uh, we are working together with universities and, and other stakeholders to, to research in, in how to um, get more sustainable uh, packaging, uh, including the use of plastics. So the, this is a, an extremely important announcement, but it's also just part of a much bigger picture. This is a part of a much bigger picture. This is part of uh, taking the first big step towards uh, delivering on our carbon net zero plan uh, for 2050, but 30% uh, reduction for 2030. Within packaging, this is the, the first big step. And basically, uh, the step we are announcing here, we need to do every year within packaging. And uh, now we've done it for 19. And of course, right now, we're working hard on what is the next big thing uh, for 20. And, and uh, I think it just gives the magnitude and the and and the uh, the commitments that needs to be behind here in order to um, to deliver on those things that consumers and and environment and ourselves actually wants to do to support the climate change. And now it's to Naluma International, a global packaging technology company. They've done some research on light damage of milk in the UK and Divya Chopra, the company's CEO, tells us more about the study and how his company is addressing the issues. So we commissioned the survey. Uh, Census White conducted the survey. They interviewed about 1,000 UK consumers and 150 dairy farmers in the UK. It's amazing. It's actually uh, very different than uh, what we've seen in other geographies that we've conducted similar surveys. This was the, the first survey within the UK that focuses on light protection of dairy from a dairy farmer's perspective. So, you know, we're extremely proud of this leading edge kind of perspective here. You, you mentioned other uh, geographies. What, what were the different results? Well, so uh, we've done consumer surveys in, uh, in North America, in the United States, and, and the numbers for consumers were actually a little lower. I would say about the same in terms of uh, in knowledge of light protection, but, but how they uh, expect this to be fixed perhaps is a little different. This survey that was done in the UK, you know, about half of the consumers that are aware of the light issue uh, are looking at the, the retail markets and, and the brands to fix it. In fact, they, you know, some of them may actually be thinking that it's already fixed uh, because of the, the product stewardship standards that exist in the industry in the UK. And what do the, the results tell you in terms of the, what, what the farmers are, are thinking about this? Yeah, it's amazing, right? So what the farmers are thinking is, is very, very you know, very informative. So number one is that 90% of dairy farmers actually know about the issue. 
which to me was like, wow, they're very well aware of their product and the efficacy, quality of their product, all the way down to, to the consumer. And uh, the other piece was the, the willingness to, to actually correct it. So till date, there's been a lack of technology which puts a quantitative assessment, a specification, let's say, on light protection of dairy once it leaves the processing plant uh, onto the consumer through the retail counters and so on. It seems like you know, the dairy farmer, farmers really are very motivated to fix the issue if they see, you know, if they find a partner. And Maluma, which is a light protection uh, certification uh, company, we are authority in, you know, in the technology around light protection, particularly dairy. It would be happy to be a partner with the dairy farmers of the UK to be able to fix the issue, also work with the brands uh, within the UK and provide them the technology to, to be able to do this effectively and in a fast manner. Right. So you do certification as well as packaging? Uh, we do not sell any packaging materials. So Noluma you know, measures, assesses, certifies, and guides packaging development to deliver the highest levels of light protection so that the consumers can get what they expect to see in the product in terms of nutrition, taste, and other sensory benefits. And with dairy products, obviously there are so many just within milk alone with, without even moving over to things like cheese and, and yogurt. I mean, in, in dairy alone, you've got semi-skimmed, you've got skim milk, you've got whole milk, uh, 1%. There are so many different kinds of milk. Would, would the solutions be different for every different kind? Yes, the solution kind of depends on uh, how long do you want to protect it from light. Uh, when you start talking about milk alone, the solutions are in the vicinity of each other. But when we start you know, getting into the area of yogurts and probiotic drinks and other dairy beverages, the numbers or you know, the amount of protection that we recommend or, or we guide is, is very different depending on, you know, we really want to protect the consumer. That's our number one goal. And, uh, you know, our technology is able to measure the exact amount of light protection that's required for all these applications. We're talking about like the loss of nutrients and, and spoilage. And so it has a big sustainability aspect to it as well. Oh, huge. So um, the University uh, at Newcastle, um, you know, they just recently uh, conducted a research and, and reported some, some stark findings here. Uh, so they confirmed that light of any kind, particularly found in retail dairy cabinets, causes loss of vitamins and protein. Uh, in addition, they put some numbers up here. Um, you know, their research illustrated that light damage can cause up to 28% drop in protein and vitamin B2 after just 20 minutes of exposure which can lead to shortened shelf life. Now, in terms of sustainability, you know, one in six pints of milk uh, is thrown away each year, you know, as reported by The Guardian. And Maluma can help clients better to meet their sustainability goals by extending the sensory shelf life and freshness of food or other packaged goods. You know, we can reduce overall household food waste. So you would work with packaging companies to put them together with with the the producers. 
we, we work across the value chain, but what we found is that the, the brands actually specify what packaging they need. So the, the sensory element is mostly, you know, dictated by the brands. And so, you know, our technology enables them to find out exactly how much light protection is required. Once that's figured out, then, you know, we work with a, with a packaging company to be able to deliver, uh, you know, a package in, in any form, uh, maybe glass, um, you know, paper cartons or, or any of the forms of packaging to, to meet that standard. And I suppose there's also a financial consideration as well, because clearly you want to be able to protect protect products, but consumers wouldn't be willing to pay, for example, double the amount in order to ensure that their products are safe and not spoiled. Well, so uh, consumers actually want a good quality product. They really care about nutrition and taste in their product. Um, as I pointed out, one in six pints of milk thrown out every year. In addition to that, uh, you know, the brands are, are um, you know, they would like to see a growth in, in the sales of milk products. And, and contrary to that right now, there is a decline. So there are many issues that are actually impacting the long-term economic viability of the segment. You know, the brands are able to differentiate themselves by being more loyal to the to the consumers around uh, protecting them, providing them the best that's, that's out there. So there are economic benefits both to the brands and to the consumers. The consumers, in, in, you know, according to a lot of consumer studies that we've done, are willing to pay extra as long as they are guaranteed that the milk is, is uh, retaining nutrition and taste for the entire shelf life of the product. I guess there are already some existing technologies in this particular area. So do you evaluate those and figure out which ones are the best ones? Well, so in terms of light protection, uh, there are very few technologies that are, uh, in fact, there's no other technology like ours. Ours is a very quick objective assessment, very quantitative in, in nature uh, around assessing the light protection of any packaging material. What you've got incumbent is uh, essentially panel evaluation, which takes months, you know, which can take months and, and consumes a lot of product. It's very qualitative. So, you know, we're the only, uh, you know, company authority uh, out there in terms of determining light protection. You know, people talk about opacity. Opacity is not light protection. Opacity is the ability to, to block visible light. And uh, I think it's very important to understand that what is opaque may not necessarily be light protective. So you can have an opaque package, but it, will, it may or may not protect the, the contents within the package from light, because light's got other wavelengths like UV and IR that may actually go through, through the packaging material, damaging the product. So what's your your role in this going forward? And obviously in the U.S. and in the U.K., how do you how are you addressing this? So we've developed uh, a new piece of equipment. Uh, we can, you know, by means of which we can objectively measure and and bring new packages to the market in in a very rapid manner. Uh, really cut down the the development time. So we want to use that technology and work with the brands and the packaging companies to, to be able to deliver optimized light-protected packages for different applications. 
or dairy, depending on, you know, if it's an extended shelf life product or UHT or pasteurized, we've got certain threshold, you know, values for light protection that, that we promote and certify to. Uh, at the same time, it's very important for the brands to be able to market, you know, a better package that truly protects the consumers. So it's very important for them to communicate this message to the consumers. And we help there by, you know, through our certification process, you know, we certify uh, packages that meet our specification on light protection, thereby informing the consumers that what they're consuming is, you know, has, has the taste and the nutrition what they paid for. So it's very important to be able to make that communication so that consumers truly appreciate and, and are, are willing to value that, you know. Would you provide them with some kind of labeling words that they can use for that? Yes, that is correct. So we've got a, a logo, you know, which is the certificate that goes on the bottle, making sure, you know, bottle or, or a pouch or the carton or the glass bottle that, that basically is a confirmation to the consumer uh, saying that the, this particular package protects products inside for the entire shelf life of the product. And you said that there have already been studies done in the U.S., so you, you can, obviously your technology applies not just to the U.S. and the U.K., but globally. That is correct. So as, as we speak, uh, we are working with a number of brands around the world with their dairy beverages and products. Uh, you know, we've got one company in China taking a probiotic drink. They were able to extend their uh, sensory shelf life and also their shelf life by moving to a Noluma certified container. Uh, in, in the States, we've got, uh, you know, we've, we've had one success with Jersey Girls, uh, which is a, a dairy, small dairy up in Vermont that was able to extend their sensory shelf life uh, by a week. And, and then more importantly, they were able to uh, engage consumers around light protection uh, benefits and really get a boost in their sales. It's clearly something that's been going on for many years. That's how we feel. Uh, we think that the, the problem's been neglected far too long, uh, you know, and that's why we developed this equipment, this piece of equipment that connects packaging science with, uh, you know, with food science. You know, we can actually address this issue that's been going there for, for many, many years and, and actually bring something of value to the consumers. Most packaging globally for dairy is not light protective. Uh, most, and if you look at the Cornell study that says that over 50% of vitamin A is lost over 16 hours of retail light exposure, a lot of the milk that's being you know, consumed globally is deficient. Not that it was produced that way, but it was sitting on the shelf way too long, it seems like. So folks are not getting the nutrition that they expect in the product. So they're paying for that, but they're not actually getting it. And, and that's causing issues. So there's deficiencies in vitamins that, you know, uh, it's very hard to kind of correlate, but we think we could actually improve the situation and, and get more vitamins over to the consumers so that they're healthy and they get what they pay for. And now it's over to Liam Fenton from INTLFC Stone for his weekly overview of the global dairy markets. 
Butter came under pressure this week in quarter three, uh, which dropped about 100 euros to the 43.50 level. Quarter four also dropped from the 4,500 level to 44.50. This doesn't seem to be reflected in the spot butter price, uh, which has remained around the 4,000 to 40.50 level, uh, same as last week. Some of the selling in, in futures, I think, can be attributed to trade looking to take advantage of the premium on futures, uh, particularly in the light of the fact that the German quotation numbers were down this week in line with the physical market, uh, which is welcomed by the trade. Um, we've also seen some softness in quarter three physical market, which is off about 150 euros. On the other hand, skimmel powder was stronger this week, up 50 euros from 2150 level to 2200 in quarter three, and up 75 euros from 2150 to 2225 in quarter four. This would have been helped, I think, by the mood from the ADPI conference in Chicago, which was very bullish, uh, which will continue to probably boost skimmel powder for the next week. Whey was off about 20 euros to below the 800 level. This is probably in light of the disruption to whey demand from the likes of China due to uh, the African swine. Great. Thank you, Liam. We shall talk to you again next week. INTL FC Stone provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tool and M&A advisory services to the global dairy industry. And so that's it. We'll be back at home base next week, assuming I'm not still on a train somewhere in Central Europe, when we'll have some of those features from Vita Foods. So until next week, take care and thanks for listening.